Welcome to the show where we explore the wildest and most unexpected corners of our world. Joining Paul is his always awesome co-host, Jenna Eberly. Together, we'll be diving into the most controversial theories and uncovering the secrets of money and wealth that are just too wild to believe. Hang on to your shorts. The information you're about to hear is not for the faint of heart. Sit back, relax, and get ready for a journey through the uncharted territories of the human experience in money, wealth, and success. This is PMR Unhinged. Welcome back to PMR Unhinged. Uh, Let's just get straight into it. Today we're going to talk about if you want to be wealthy, you have to be different. So what are some things people can do that are going to set them apart to obtain wealth? Let's... I just hit me. You just hit me. (laughs) It's like we're just supposed to just start running as fast as we can. Yep. Okay. Why don't you ask the question again? Okay. What are some things that people need to do to be different that is going to help them obtain wealth? Because you've obviously heard of the 99% and the 1%. Well, obviously, the 1% are doing things differently than the 99%. So, what are those things that are different? Don't be the 99%. If you want to be the 1%, then you have to be, you have to start doing things like them. You know, that's one of the things that I did started many years ago was I started to learn. And the reason that I did that is, is, you know, I mean, we've said this many times that when you were young, you remember just driving by and we, where would we go? We would go drive the neighborhoods that had the big mansions or we would go, you know, to the perfect landing at Centennial Airport and have breakfast there or dinner. And the reason was, is, you know, I I looked at those things and said, wow, if they can do it, why can't I? And the one question that I kept asking myself, and I would say it out loud, I would tell your mom the same thing. I would say, what do those people do? What are they doing that we're not? So asking yourself better questions? The questions are a lot to do with it, yes. Because you have to sit there and say, okay, I want X or I want G or B or C or D, whatever it is. And then the best thing you can do is you go find people that already have those things and you say, okay, what do they do? How did they achieve that success? And then it's really pretty simple. To be honest, you just start doing the same things. One of the best things you can do truly is start reading books about wealthy people or about whatever it is that you're trying to do. It, it, you know, we talk a lot about wealth and financial wealth, but truly wealth can be explained in many different ways. And again, I think one of the biggest things that you need to do is you need to define wealth for yourself and your or your family. You know, if you're a family, you know, maybe you're a young family, maybe you have a couple kids, you need to define that. What is wealth? Because most people are aiming at a target that they don't even know. They, there is no target. Okay, so start with defining wealth, but then let's get into like a day-to-day basis. What is the average person doing compared to what the person who's going to obtain wealth doing average person today is distracting themselves. That's what social media. Pick your poison. Social media, TV. It's everything. 
What's what's a healthy balance though? You're saying I can never watch. Do you want to be successful or do you want to just continue to be distracted? Because, you know, I believe I was lucky. We didn't have so many distractions when I was trying to work my way up. I didn't have, you know, the internet was just coming out. There was no social media. If I wanted to read or, or if I wanted to go see what was going on in the investment world, yeah, I'd have to go pick up a Forbes or go read a Wall Street Journal. You know, there wasn't a whole lot. And so I think today it's a lot more challenging for younger people. A lot more discipline needed. Discipline is everything. You have to build discipline. You, we've, we've received a lot of questions, right? Just in the last week. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking when a question came in was kind of that, you know, what can I do that's different? And, you know, this person didn't say that they play video games, but I kind of wondered if maybe they do. And I think when it's, what's it, let's say that you're 25 years old. I hate video games. If you're still playing video games after 25 years old, you need to go grab your Xbox, PlayStation, your Atari, whatever it is. Atari, that's from like the 70s. That's what it was when I was. Get your Xbox and go throw it in the trash. You need to go take a sledgehammer and destroy it and say never again because. You have to look at these things are chains and they are chaining you to a life of mediocrity. To me, it's gross. It's unattractive. And I hate seeing an Xbox. Tell me, hate. tell me one woman out there that wants to know that their boyfriend, husband, significant other, whatever it is, is playing video games. No, because then this is what they say. Well, a lot of people are millionaires also playing Xbox. Well, is that you? If, Are you a millionaire playing Xbox? If that's your goal, then okay. Then like you said, I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm really not. The thing is, is that what I do is, is I just provide it from my perspective. And when you look at the overall majority, so let's take a hundred people who play video games. You may have 0.00001 that actually make any money doing it. So again, are you doing what the wealthy do or are you doing what the majority of mediocre does? You you need to decide and that is where discipline comes in. And you have to look at it and you have to say, look, this is my enemy. This is stopping me from having what I want. This is holding me back from what I deserve. My family deserves more than this. I deserve more than this. I refuse to let this go on anymore. I'm 25 years old and I'm playing video games like a 12-year-old. Destroy it. These things are holding you back. What age should you stop playing? 18 when you graduate high school? I think the second you graduate high school, I think you should be done with video games. My own opinion. You know, again, there's going to be like, oh, well, you know, it's my release. Go read a book. Go, go do something walk. else. Go spend time with somebody. Go find a girlfriend. Go f- Right. How many, how many of those gamers 
have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Not a lot. They don't. Not no. If you look go at talk a- to somebody, social interaction. Oh well, we talk on on Xbox Live. No, that's not talking to no. somebody. No, it's not. You're talking to a voice. FaceTime. Right. Do something different. No, it's it's horrible. And you know, again, we're talking about what you can do to be different. Throw away your Xbox. Take a sledgehammer to the Xbox and destroy it. You're you're too old to be playing video games. Or make your decision. Turn this podcast off right now. Just turn it off. This we're not for you. If you want to continue to listen to, or I'm sorry, play video games, then turn just turn this off. Go go play your video game and wake up. At 38 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, and play your video games and then question why you don't have anything and why your wife left you, you're broke, nearly homeless, miserable, lonely, probably addicted to alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, you got to let things go. Some of the best things that you can do in life are decide what you need to let go of. Everyone's trying to grasp onto something, right? Sometimes the best thing you can do is look at your life and say, what do I need to let go of? And that's what you really need to focus on, I believe, especially in the times that we live in today. I believe that we need to cut out the clutter and cut it out quickly. Number one, I've said this many times, I strongly believe Number one, people need to get right with God. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to focus on Him first, and because you know what, that it, it's true what the Bible says. Don't don't build your mansions here. Build your mansions with Him, because what does it serve a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? Mm-hmm. So number one, if as long as you have that, now that's wealth, right? That's one form of wealth. I think that's the greatest form of wealth. Mm-hmm. You can, you can have zero financial wealth, but if you have a relationship with God, you have everything. And also, I'll, I'll also say another thing is, is that once you have that, actually everything else falls into, it comes into play a lot easier, it seems. You're taken care of more so. And even, it just, I don't know, makes everything easier in my opinion. 100% makes everything easier. And you don't necessarily... Sure, it's a goal you're striving for, this monetary wealth or financial wealth, and it's something to go for, but it's not everything. Right. But I'm sure we hit a lot of feelings on um, the Xbox, so. Oh, I'm sure we got a lot of people clicking off right now. Your feelings are a little hurt. They're hitting delete. I'll never listen again. But to be honest. That's fine. Then okay, then. You can't handle the heat. Well, that and maybe, get out the kitchen if you can't handle the heat. Well, maybe the truth is, is that you really just don't want to be financially. Look, you just want to ask the questions. You just want to come in and ask say, hole. yeah, you just want to be an ask hole. You want to, you want to give the illusion that that's what you really want. You want to give the illusion that that's what you're striving for, but it's an illusion and you're lying to yourself because the fact of the matter is, is your actions show everything don't listen to the words watch the actions well it should be a standard too because yeah okay we xbox but other things too but say you're a a married father who which i know so many of them who are like married their husbands and their dads and they're playing xbox 
Like, what do you think your wife thinks of you? You go home, you turn on the Xbox, you're not helping with the kids. She's doing everything, but then you want to be you want to be a jerk to her about something but you're literally playing xbox but you want her to treat you like a man but you're being a child it's just it's like a gateway into so many things that are going to make your life even harder absolutely you know i think that's part of because i think even women have just given up and many many years ago i mean you were just you were little and i was sitting there and your mom and i were watching some kind of show i can't remember some commercial came on and it just showed the man just being a buffoon, a weak buffoon. And then another commercial came on and it was kind of the same. And I don't remember the TV show or whatever it was that we were watching. And I all of a sudden I started seeing a pattern. And I said, you know what? They're trying to make the men look weak. And so I think, and that was, again, you were probably seven years old mm-hmm. when I saw that pattern kind of arising and today it's worse what do you see when you see any kind of tv show commercial or whatever the man always looks like a total moron the man's always the comedic or part or whatever like uh fairly odd parents the dad was always a joke a joke the dad is a joke now i believe that's evil i believe that that is you know nothing but evil trying to demoralize men and trying to make them weak because they know that men are supposed to be the leader of the house, supposed to, you know, and you might have women, right? Oh my God. Oh, oh, the anything a man can do, a woman can do better. Well, apparently not because today even men can be better women than women. <laughs> that's a whole nother. So, you know, that's a whole, because you know what? Look at all the sports. They're letting men who are men come in, act as though they're a woman and now they're winning beauty contests they're winning all kinds of women's sports women things right so you know when women want to sit there and say that oh well anything a woman or a man can do a woman can do better you know i don't well, know I because you guys are allowing this delusion to come in everybody better start calling it what it is it's delusional it's delusional Well, it goes into the breakdown of the family. They're trying to break down the family. How do you do that? You start with the head of the house. The head of the house biblically is supposed to be the man. That doesn't mean the man is better than the woman. You're a partner. It's a partnership, but they're supposed to lead the house. So America or whatever, society or the devil, whoever you want to claim it to be, is trying to break that down. You start with the man. That's how it starts. Look at the shows. They always portray the man as the moron. And the woman is the one... That's coming up because it is it is known. Okay, so there's a saying that says weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. That's and right. and I think we've been in good times for a very long time. And I think today we have a serious weakness of men and you know what the whatever it is out there the spiritual battle whatever it is they do not want strong men so granted that's another way to be different don't be the weak man be the strong man and i know women listen to this too so you guys can if you want to obtain wealth they can still do that too but sure of course women can do we're after the men right women, now. Women can absolutely 
achieve anything they want. And in all honesty, it is true that women can do a lot of things better than men. And I'll say another thing. When it comes to having fortitude, I do think that women actually are stronger. But the thing is, is that women, strong women, know how to make their man stronger stronger, and go and plow through the steel wall, right? Because the, the man will do anything to keep his wife. But see, that happy. all goes into it, having a strong family. In a, a When children see their parents, it's 17% more likely for a child to come to faith if the mom is has faith. It's like 80% more likely if the dad has faith. Right. So it just shows the dad is the leader, So, which isn't a bad thing. It's just being strong. But again, it all goes into family. Inherently, and I don't care what you say, inherently, women do not want a weak man. And that's why shows like The Bachelorette exist today. You tell me how you can have 25 or th- I don't even know how many it is. 25, let's say, beautiful women. Beautiful. They're all beautiful women. 25 sitting there scratching and clawing after one man. How are these women at that age, and some of them are in their late 20s, early 30s, and they still don't have a man? I've talked to many other girls out there, and people, you know, have come up to me and asked me questions, and they've said, you know, you know, I, I can't find a man. Well, exactly. They're just so much harder to find now because they're- Because they're boys. They're boys. They're boys. And they're not thinking like, man, look, you, how do you build a muscle? You work it out, you destroy it, you rip it. You stress it. Yeah. Right? You put a lot of stress on it. Well, you really have to do the same in order to continue to get stronger. You need to go out and find ways to challenge yourself. Not easy challenges. Because we've said this before too, right? Comfort kills dreams, right? Comfort kills hope and dreams. And when you are get too comfortable, and hey, I'm here to say it myself. I've been in the same position of getting too comfortable. Not growing, you're dying. If we're not growing, we're dying. So what you need to do, so here's what I would say. Let's say you're a young man or a woman and you're in your early 20s and you have big hopes and aspirations. Number one thing is start building discipline. How do you build discipline? Start with your body. Start with your health. Getting active. Here's here's one of the best things you could do. Go to the gym, go to the YMCA and say, you know what? For the next 30 days, all I'm going to do is I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever time it is. I'm going to get up and I'm just going to go to the gym and I'm just going to walk for 10 minutes on the treadmill and then I'm going to go home. Or, Or even go outside. There should be no excuse because go walk around the block. Even if you're a mom, yes. a kid in the stroller, go walk around the block. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to say if you're a man, I think that you have to incorporate weights. I think yeah. you have to have weights. And, and I think women could do that too. You know, I see a lot of very strong women and they're lifting, you know, weights. Some of them lifting heavier weights than me. And I'm like, wow. I mean, and they have, I mean, at the gym just the other day, there was a, a lady, she has to be in her mid-60s, maybe early 70s, 
And you would be amazed. You would not be able to tell she's that old until she actually turns around and looks at you and you can see it in her face that she's a lot older, but her body does not look it. She looks probably like she's in her mid thirties. She probably doesn't create excuses for herself. So as a man, I think the one thing that you can do is create discipline by going to the gym and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go and I'm going to lift the easiest weights, 10 pound weights, and I'm just going to do bicep curls for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to go home next day, go do it again. Next day, do it again. Keep doing it five days a week, go to the gym. What you're going to find out is, is that you're going to go. And before you know it, you're not only doing 10 pounds, you're increasing the weight. You're starting to do more exercises. You're not only at the gym for 10 minutes, you're now there for 30 minutes. Now, instead of 30 minutes, now you're there for an hour. I don't think you need to go longer than that. Then you go home and you're going to start seeing your body change. So that's one way that you can start building some discipline so that you can start building that mental muscle to say, you know what? I can do tough things. I can do things that aren't easy. I don't have to be comfortable because if you remain in the comfort, if you remain in that nice little comfy little bubble that you're in, you're never going to grow. It's never going to happen. So you got to make a decision. You better start looking at it and saying, you know what? If I want to reach my goals, I better step out of this bubble. So what's one thing that you can do, right? One thing that you can do, we've talked about this before as well. One thing that you can do is you can go to the gym. But another thing is, is that you can do if you're still at home, living at home, your mid twenties or whatever it is, you've saved enough money. We've talked about that. Go back and listen to some of our other shows. Go rent an apartment. It Yes, it might be tough. It might be scary. But you know what? You've got to get out up from underneath the parental influence. But don't just go look. Actually do it. Don't say you can't do it. I know many people, my husband himself, who just said, I'm going to do it, went and signed the lease, and you have no choice. You right. sign that lease, you're going to pay the rent. Not only not only your husband, but his brother. His brother did it. Did it too at what? 18 years old? He was eight, 18 or 19, yeah. 18, 18 or 19 years old. And he just did it. And he just said, nope, I'm out, moved to another state. And and guess what? His rent is paid because you give yourself no choice. You will do it. Sure. I, I did it too. I, did it and too. I was commission only. Yep. I went and said, okay, let's move to Texas. Me and Kaylee, my friend, we moved, got, got an apartment. And I was like, all right, I guess I better go sell some houses because <laughs> I'm commission only. Right. And my rent was paid. Just do it. Actually, it. it actually pushed you harder. Yes. And then you you grow up in a different way when you're not with mom and dad. You just, it's a different. You become an adult. You can't right. be an adult as long as you're living underneath. Look, I've told you before, you were the last one to leave the nest. And you know what? You remember from the time that you were very young, I said to all three of my kids, you have three choices when you graduate high school. I didn't do any of your choices. No, you didn't. <laughs> but what were the choices? Go to the military. You can either join the military. Go to college. Go to college. Or get out of my house. Or hit the curb. <laughs> and the only the only reason that I didn't make you go hit the curb was because you came with a full business plan all written out 
stating exactly what you were going to do. You were going to get your real estate license. You needed at least a year. I think you got two years though, didn't you? Did you take two years? Well, you got to remember we were back and forth from Texas. Well, uh, but you know what? Here's the difference, actually. You would have had it in a year. I got licensed in Texas. Then we moved back to Colorado. I had to get licensed yes, in Colorado. Then but, moved back to Texas. But 2020 happened. And that's why you ended up with another yes. year. I was working at um, Joyce Homes, though, during COVID. Yeah. So but I always had a... That's why you ended up lucky. You know, you went outside of your business plan and got two years. But you still executed your plan. And then when we moved back, we moved out of Colorado... You didn't move in with us. You moved into your own place. Moved into my own apartment. You moved into your own apartment. And look at the difference today. Now you own your own home. We've talked about it before. I mean, you're 24, 24 years old. Well, I moved out. I got married. I got, well, I did that long after I moved out. But it doesn't matter. You still are reaching goals that most 30 year olds have not reached. And you've done it by 24. It's just forcing yourself to do the hard things. Like you think, of course you don't want to leave mom and dad's house if they're making it nice and comfortable. Right. Right. But just do it because there's so much more, there's different types of enjoyment you get. Like having, just your own space. You grow up in such a different way. Well, remember I also told you, and it was very hard. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't want you to leave. You're the last one. And, but you know what? I wasn't going to be selfish for myself and keep you there because I knew that it was better for you to fly. And really, I'll be honest, I really did. It was, you know, your mom was traveling a lot. You know, you were always at the house. I mean, we had a great time going out to eat all the time. We hung out all the time. And I think if if we wouldn't have done that, I don't know if this show would even exist today. Probably not. You know, but we had a wonderful time hanging out. I didn't want to let that go. I wanted to keep that, but I knew it wasn't right for you. And I knew that the way for you to go and start reaching your hopes, goals, and dreams was for you to go out on your own, get out from underneath my influence. I was, I always used to say, Jenna, if you don't want me to tell you what to do, get off the nipple, get off the nipple, get off my checkbook. Yeah. But see, a lot of parents aren't like that. Like they don't boss their kids around. They're like, stay home. I'll cook you dinner. Like, it's not like it's a challenge for them to be at home. For well, me, at least, there was always a little bit of stress because I always had to check in. Well, sure. I wanted to make your life right. Not easy. A lot of parents don't do that. So, yeah, anyways, they, they can come and go as they want. Right. And the thing is, again, yeah, you you have to be different. But you yeah. know what? You just don't look like a grown up. So how about that? How about look like a grown up and get out of your parents' house? Who cares if it's nice and comfy? Get out anyways. Yes, it's it's time. I mean, if you're, you know, and again, I, I'm not here. We're not here to judge. Some no, people, but we're here to call you out. Well, <laughs> I, I think some people just want to look. If if you want to do that, okay, that's fine. But then again, this show isn't for you because if you really want to take strides in your life, you have to do what's challenging. You have to start getting out on your own. And look, you're not going to ever reach any kind of it's just it's mentally not good for you to to stand her mommy and daddy's thumb and under their roof so it's better to go out and start building your life you will start noticing that you will start changing for the better and 
But if you don't want to, okay. But, but then stop saying you want to be something because but then stop happen. Because you know what? Again, and here's the thing too. There are some cultures that they stay there forever. I don't necessarily understand it. Maybe it works for them. But again, I'm only speaking from my point of view, from what I see. I just think that it it's better for you to go out and start making a life for yourself. Start challenging yourself. Okay, so you've graduated high school. You've put the Xbox away. You've, I guess this is, okay, or it's after college, whatever. Let's say right now you're making the decision. You put the Xbox away. You moved out. You go to the gym in the morning. You're working on discipline. What other things can you do to be different to obtain wealth? Well, here's one thing to to kind of go back. If you go to college, here's the one thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't move back in with my parents. I would, instead of moving back in with my parents, I would ask my mom and dad and say, hey, mom and dad, if I move into an apartment, I'll sign the lease, but will you at least back me up for three months? Because that's what I did with all all three of you guys, if right? If they're able to. Sure. Some not, parents might not, not be Not all able parents. To. Okay, then while you're in college, what you need to do is save up enough money. So you need to work while you're in college or work during the summer. Save every penny that you can and get at least three months worth of rent payments. And then when you get out of college, you never move in back in with mom and dad. You go sign a lease and you move out. Get to work. You get to work. You got three months. And that's what I did with you guys. I said, look, you move out. I'm going to give you three months. So I'm trying to give you a runway here. And we had to pay it back. You had to pay it back. And I already did a long time ago. You did it within a few months. You and you, I think you only took two months. You took the whole. They paid it back immediately. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Within a few months of actually borrowing it. You absolutely did. But. So that's one thing I would do. Don't move home. Move, you know, out. Move to an apartment. And you have plenty of time if you're in college. That's four years. You can save up three months of rent. Don't touch it. Put it in a savings account and know that that's your three months rent. And worst case, all of a sudden you're out of college and you find yourself back at home living in your room that still has the teddy bears and the Barbie dolls sitting up on the shelves. You need to... Give yourself a definite drop dead deadline. I will only live back at my parents' house for three months, six months, the longest. My opinion, six months. If you're there after six months, it's been too long. You're not good. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself playing the video games. You're going to find yourself slipping right back into the the son, the daughter of a 15-year-old. All of a sudden, you're going to be like, whoop, I'm back, I'm back. And you're going to be comfortable because it's nice being home with mom and dad. And it is. Like I said, I would have loved for you to stay at home, but you wouldn't have been able to advance your life the way you have. So give yourself the six months, get out, go move out. Now, let's say that you've moved out, you have a job because you've graduated college. So hopefully you have a a decent job and now you're paying your rent. So what do you do to continually advance your life well again you don't want to be like everyone else so what do most people do they go they get a job spend every penny they make ten thousand dollars a month they spend ten thousand five hundred a month 
or whatever it is. You don't want to be like that. So you're now paying your rent and let's say you have an extra $1,000 a month. I would save every penny of that. Cut out the nightclubs and cut out all of the other additional stuff while you're trying to make your goals. Save as much as you possibly can through college too. Yes. Through high school. Save, save, save. Absolutely. Save. And again, you're going to want to have at least six months in your crash account. So if your expenses are $3,000 a month, then you're going to want to have at least $18,000 saved up in your crash account. And I call it a crash account because if all of a sudden you walk in, you get let go from your job or whatever it is, you have six months of runway to correct yourself. Now, you're not going to wait until month six to try and fix it. You're going to try and fix it immediately, but you at least have six months of runway if you, you know, hit a wall. After you have six months in your crash account, then you're going to start putting everything in to your firewood account. So let's say you've been putting $1,000 a month in your crash account. You have six months. Now you can take that $1,000, start putting it in your firewood account. You're going to try and get that firewood account up high enough so that you can start making some investments. One of the easiest little investments that you can do is go online and go like to JM Bullion, AP Max. These are uh, bullion dealers. It's a small investment, but you can still do it. And go buy some silver, some silver American eagles. And now you have kind of made an investment. You've made your first little investment. I know a lot of people, they sit there and they say, well, how can I, how can I go and start investing in real estate? Well, let's start with the baby steps first. That takes a lot, a lot of cash well, to do real estate. It, it does and it doesn't. Unless you're doing syndication, yes, but. You, you can still buy, you can still use other people's money, et cetera, but that's for another day. The thing is, is start small. Buy yourself a stock. Open up an account on E-Trade. One of our index funds. Maybe make your firewood account. And again, we are we do not provide financial advice. We do not offer. We are I'm only speaking from my own personal opinion. Don't listen to anything that you hear online or on a podcast. Speak to a professional advisor about your own personal situation. But if it's me, I'm going to probably open up an E-Trade account or an investment account. And you can open it up with like $1,000 and I'm going to make that my firewood account. And I'm just going to keep pouring that money over there. Now, I'm going to tell you another thing. Automate it. So if you've been paying on the 15th of every month $1,000 to your crash account, now you want an automatic transfer on the 15th to your firewood account. Let's say that, you know, because some people will be like, well, I can't even invest in that because I have credit cards. I have credit card debt. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get out of the credit card debt. So let's say you have three credit cards. One has a minimum monthly payment of $100. One has a monthly minimum payment of $300. And one has a monthly minimum payment of $500. The one with $500 has an interest rate of 10%. The credit card with $300 payment has a interest rate of 15% and the one with $100 has an interest rate of 25%. Which one are you going to pay off first? The higher interest rate. 
everyone says that. No, you're no. not going to pay off the one with the highest interest rate. You're going to pay off the one with the highest payment. So you do everything you can do to pay off. So you make the minimum payment on the $100 payment and on the $300 payment. And then you do everything you can to pay off the credit card with the $500 payment. Maybe you sell things. Maybe you go work Uber on weekends and every penny that you make from Uber or DoorDash or whatever it is, there's so many easy ways to make money out there today. You're going to take every penny of that and you're going to put it towards that $500 payment. Now you get your credit card statement because you've been paying it down and all of a sudden it says, oh, your payment is only $400. No, you're going to keep paying 500 plus. You're going to keep working Uber until you pay off that card. Once you pay off that card, you no longer have that minimum $500 payment. Or let's say that you've been working hard and you've been paying, you've been sending in $800 a month. What you're going to do now is you're going to take whatever you've been sending. So let's just say for this example, it's been $800. Now you're going to take that $800 and send it to your next highest payment of $300. And you're going to pay that one off. But You've been paying the $300 and the $800. So you're going to pay $1,100 towards the payment of minimum of $300 with the credit card with the $300. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you're going to send $1,100 now. Now you pay off that credit card. Now you're going to look at the other one that has a $100 monthly minimum. And you're not going to send $100. You're going to send, and you're not going to send just $1,100. You're going to send $1,200 to that card and you will see that you pay this, these credit cards off so fast that you'll be shocked. Now, now you've been paying $1,200 a month to these credit cards all in all. And so what you're going to do, guess what? Start sending it to your firewood account. Now you're going to start sending that money to your firewood account. So pay off all your crap and then do firewood. Then pay it. I would, you know, People are going to have a car payment today and stuff like that. I get that. Well, that's different. That just goes into your monthly expenses. Right. Exactly. So, so like your debt to pay off your debt. But you're going to automate it. So you, you've been paying these payments every month. Automate it. Go to your Firewood account and start sending every penny that you've been paying, that $1,200, and send it to your Firewood account. And you can set that up on any bank, E-Trade, whatever you know, again, that's what I would do. But Okay, so quick recap. Then we have we have our checking account, which is our operating account, which pays our bills. Yep. We have our crash account, which is a savings account, which has six months worth of your bills. Mm-hmm. And then you have your firewood account, which you've started after you've paid off your credit card debt. You have your firewood account, which is money for investing purposes. Yes. Is that all the accounts I need or do I need more? No, you really, that's it. I mean, those are really your accounts. Well, 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 if you are self-employed, you better have a tax account. Yes, you need to have a tax account where you, so if you're self-employed or you're like you, a full commission, 100% commission, you make $10,000 commission, you're going to take 30%. It used to be 20. It used to be 30 now. Well, yeah, we know who to thank for that, but. I learned that. Yes, but you're going to take 30%. After you take that 30%, so you're only going to have $7,000, right? Now you're going to- Pay your bills. Well, no. You're forgetting one important- Tithe. 
you're going to tithe. You're going to you're going to give ten percent to God. Then pay your bills. Pay your bills. Then firewood. If my savings account is already six months worth, then firewood. Yes. And if you're finding that you're not making it by doing this, now again, this is if you're self-employed. Mm. You have to focus on making more money. Don't focus on how can I cut my bills. That's a that's a mindset of scarcity. Focus on how can I sell more right. so that I can make more. Again, none of what we talk about is rocket science. Everyone wants to make it look difficult. Everyone wants to make it seem like it's really hard, but it's not. So recapping, what would I do if I was young? Let's say I just graduated college. Let's say I didn't go to college, just graduated high school. Today, today, what I would do if I just graduated high school, just so that I have some kind of backup. I, me personally, I would go to some kind of trade school. I would go to and learn how to become, work for a HVAC company or something, learn how to work on air conditioners, whatever. Go to some kind of trade school. Heck, plumbers, are, you can go to plumbing school and come out making a hundred grand, mm-hmm. you know, 80 grand, uh, being a welder, doing something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I would go to trade school. It's like three months. Then I would get a job. Then I would make sure I saved six months of a crash count. And I would move out. I would move out and I would get my own apartment and I would continue to read more books, study how wealthy people became wealthy. Here, here's one little formula that I know other people have done. I'm just going to give you the example of one guy. He was on a show and what he did is he went and worked for an HVAC company, air conditioning company. I think it was in Florida and learned everything he did could about it learned the systems, learned about the company that he worked for, became one of their top tech people. So he was a great technician. Go out, he could solve problems, fix it, boom. What did he do? He was there for about a year, and he went out on his own. Created his own business? He created his own company. And today, he makes millions, millions of dollars. He has a huge company now, and he did it. Because he first went to trade school, learned how to learn AC, whatever, then worked for a company, a good, strong, reputable company, basically learned what they do, and then went out on his own. Right. And so, you know, again, what do most people do today? They distract themselves. They distract themselves with social media, video games, sports, you name it. There's so many distractions. You got to cut the distractions. And you got to trade those distractions for wealth building action or uh, wealth building habits. items, wealth building habits. Thank you. And when you're sitting there playing the video game or watching the sports, watching the NFL game, I mean, that's, that's what they do, right? I mean, they go and, I mean, so all you, all you, I mean, there's so many men out there and they can tell you about every play that their favorite player did over the last week. They can tell you all their stats, but they can't tell you one thing about how to build wealth. You can go talk to some other boys, call them, and they know everything about the game, whatever, Fortnite or whatever, which I don't even know what that is. It's some kind of game, but I hear, that's the name I hear. They can tell you everything. They can tell you all the shortcuts. They can tell you everything about that, but they can't tell you one thing about how to build any kind of wealth. Go study wealth. Go read books. There's a show on YouTube, and I think actually it started on Discovery, 
And it was, uh, the name of the show is The Men Who Built America. A very interesting show. It's about the Rockefellers, Carnegie's, you know, it's about all these men. Think about it. They didn't have internet. They didn't have anything. And they built these huge empires with hardly any resources at the time. So if they can do it, now these men today with the resources that they have literally at their fingertips, you can't tell me. I mean, just to me, there's not a whole lot of excuses anymore. Well, and if you want to use, quote, sports for like sales to be able to have conversations with people, then instead of watching the four-hour football game, why don't you just look up what happened? Read the highlights. Read the highlights, and then you'll still be able to talk to them. Yeah. But you don't need to watch the four-hour game. I mean, there's so many other things you could be doing. You know, again, I'm not here. I'm not here to judge anyone. Some people like to. I know people. They like to just sit down. They watch sports. Okay. It's just when it becomes an all day, every weekend obsession is when it goes over the line for me. Yes. Okay. Now here's what I would say. Those people I never hear talking about how to build wealth. I don't typically hear. You never hear them talking about anything. So, so what I would say is, is that that's fine. If you want to do that, okay, that that's the life you're choosing. That's fine. You know, there's some people, you know, I'll sit down every once in a while and I'll watch a couple quarters of a game. I'll be honest. I just, I can't, I, I lose interest. I'm like, okay, I'll come back and look at it when it's almost over. I'll watch the last four minutes of the game, which it ends up being like a half hour anyway. And I'll maybe watch the last four minutes of the game. Now people are like, oh, you're a fair weathered fan. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I am. But you know what? The, the result's going to be the same. The score is going to be the same. I'm not going to be able to contribute anything to that, to that game or to that score. And I just can't stand that. I'd rather be able to be doing something that I can actually contribute to. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes you'll hear people like, oh, we won, we won, we won the Super Bowl. You didn't do, there's no we in that. They won. They got paid. (laughs) They won. They got paid and they got paid from your eyeballs watching them play. Either whether you bought the a very expensive ten thousand dollar ticket for the Super Bowl, or you tuned in and watched on TV, they're getting paid. You're not. So there is no we. They who were on the field won the game. They, the owners of the of the team, they won. Right. The advertisers, the networks, they all won. There's only one person that lost. It's the, well, we'll go to the losing team, the viewers and you, because you lost that time, which again, if you want to, if that's the life you want, you want to watch TV and you're content, that's fine. We're just talking about like you tuned into this podcast because you wanted to make a change. So if we're calling you out, that's on you. <laughs> well, I guess we're, what I would say is, is that if, if the shoe fits, then okay, wear it, then decide, make a decision, right? Because you're not going to be able to continue to be obsessed with your Instagram or be obsessed with all these things. And I know, again, I know I speak from, you know, personal experience many years ago when I was younger, I used to be, you know, enthralled with the Denver Broncos and they would lose the game. I'd watch every Sunday, you know, on Monday night or Thursday, whatever it was that they were playing. I watched every game. I watched every minute of it. And then they would lose and I felt depressed and I was like, Oh, I can't believe it. And then I just looked at this and they said, this is stupid. Why am I depressed? I could care less. And then again, I looked at it and I said, no, you know what? This is an enemy. 
this is an enemy of my time. This is an enemy of my path to becoming what I want to become. Now, again, if you want to get together with a bunch of friends and everything and go watch the Super Bowl, I'm not. That's fine. Right. I it do goes that into too. discipline, but, what we've been talking about. Exactly. But don't don't go to people and say, or go sit around with your friends and be like, yeah, one day I'm going to be wealthy. Well, I mean, you got, you got the odds are stacked against you because you're too busy putting all your time and attention towards things that are not ever going to do right. any kind of wealth building for yourself. Today, it's more important. I think it is getting a little bit harder. Inflation's out of control. It is harder for younger people. And and I mean this, when I say younger people, I'm always talking about people that just graduated high school or just graduated college. I do think that it's, you know, again, my own opinion, but I do think that young people graduating high school or whatever, they need to, you know, I'm always big on sales. I mean, so again, you know, I was talking about going and getting a, you know, trade or whatever, but really, you know, I guess that I'm saying that kind of for the majority, but really, I guess, retracting, going back, truly, I would go find a sales job. Well, it gives you two different options. There's ways to obtain wealth in both, the trade school idea or sales. Sure. There's two good examples there, but I love sales. Sales is awesome because you can always sell more to make more. When you go get a job and you're on a fixed salary, doesn't matter how hard you work or what you do, you're always going to make the same amount. Right. But it's also like what you said, you're going to learn everything about it, then open your own business, thus sales, having your own business equals sales. Well, so it, you still let her there, in. There's so many different ways. We've talked about this as well, where you can actually just have a salary type position and still be wealthy, and still build wealth. It's the cash flow game, right? It's literally the cash flow game. You don't have to go out and be in sales. You don't have to go start your own company. You can get out of the rat race by literally having a salary job, putting money in other cash flowing investments, and then one day you're out. As soon as your passive income matches what you make in salary, you're technically out of the rat race because you could be fired from your job today but you still have your passive income that's giving you the same salary anyway. So did we did we hit it all? I mean, yeah. don't don't be like everyone else. Be I mean, different. Discipline, discipline, discipline really is, I feel like, a really key point of today. We'll start envisioning what you really want to achieve. Close your eyes. What do you really want to do? And the next time, that's part of discipline, right? Your favorite football team is on. It's Sunday. Here's discipline. Instead of turning on the TV to watch the game, get a book. Read the book. It's fine. Tune in in the last cha- uh, on the last um, quarter, or watch just that game and not the twenty other teams that play. I'd like, say I feel that like if you, discipline. I'd say that if you really want to start building the discipline muscle, you got to start with your favorite team, because if you can't do it with your favorite team, you're not going to build discipline. You got to do it with your favorite team. Tune in on the last quarter. Read a book for an hour and a half. Or, or fine, read a book for an hour and a half and then tune in and watch the rest of the game. But you're, you're not going to change the outcome. You can sit there and scream on your couch or whatever. You can be at the on the 50-yard line at the stadium screaming your lungs out. You're not going to change the outcome. And so if you really want to change the outcome of your life, then you better start doing things that are actually going to change you. So 
And how do you do that? You read books, you study, you learn. You have to be curious. Fine, go get in your car, go find where the big expensive homes are and go drive around and look at those homes and say, hmm, what do those people do? I wonder what it feels like to live in those houses. Those are the questions that I used to ask. I would literally go to the fancy car dealerships. I'm literally in my early 20s. And I would go sit on the showroom floor. Now, back then, they used to leave them open. Now you go to the, now I go in there to actually buy one and I can't even open up the door. It's so stupid. But back then, the doors were always open and I would open them up and I would sit in it and I would picture what it felt like to be driving that car one day. I would drive through Preston Hollow. I mean, I still would. I live far away from Preston Hollow now, but. I like driving through those mansions and just, it hypes you up. It doesn't matter. It Look, if you're living in a condo, go drive the homes that are six, seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Get on Zillow. If you're living in a six or seven hundred thousand dollar house, go drive the homes that are at 1.5 million. If you live in a 1.5 million dollar house, go drive around the homes that are three million. If you're living in a three million dollar house, go drive the homes that are 10 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have to keep aspiring to do more just gets harder because now the more expensive homes, you know, they don't typically have them open. Although here in Texas, they actually do that, which I love. And Texas, California does it too. I do the exact same thing that I've done for 30 some years. But the main thing was, is that I got curious. I got curious as to what those people do. And then I started reading about them and studying it. Asking the right questions. Yep, exactly. So- I think we well, hit it. I think uh, I think we hit it for today. And uh, thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Please keep sending your questions. We're gonna hit more questions next time and uh, answer some of those. But we're trying to get a bunch more. But so we kind of got the same questions asked, and so we hit some of those, which was you know the firewood account, etc. You can let us know ideas, too. What do you want to hear? Just send it in. If you have our numbers, text us. If not, Instagram, PMR Unhinged, DM us. We'll see you. See you next time.